everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Quite a mix today of headlines to cover in the worlds of K-Pop, J-Pop, and C-Pop. We're just diving right in to topic number one today because there is a lot to cover. Legal and court case updates in general. Lots of court case updates for a bunch of different cases. The full background of these cases I've discussed at length on past episodes, including the one I believe called Odd Eye Circles in Your Favor, as well as NCT Tokayo, SM 3.0, quite a few in the past to catch you up to speed. The first one I have an update for is 5050's Management Drama. I can't confirm tons, but I can indeed confirm they really did have a big promo rollout schedule for America this summer. Not just the KCON cameo, but that was just part of a huge promo push before business drama got in the way, which happens all too often. On July 18th, the Korea Entertainment Management Association ruled in Attract's favor, the company Attract, proving that Attract's claims of another company trying to poach the group were accurate. The court sided with that belief that they were trying to poach the group. Remember, this is the weird case where two different companies planned to jointly manage 50-50, then all of a sudden there was the accusation of flat-out sabotage, Ironically, they wanted to not have 50-50 share, but 100% was the accusation. It was just going to be a total takeover of their management. So the court ruled they were right to be suspicious. This also happened to be on the exact same day another update came for the separate legal drama that has stalled the group's momentum. And that has to do with royalties for the hit song Cupid. The Copyright Association announced a postponement of the royalties announced in response to Attract requesting this postponement of royalties until they get it sorted out, who ripped off who or whatever. They agreed. So the song Cupid, whether it was stolen copyright or whatever, still being sorted out. So not only are 50-50 dealing with stalled career momentum, but they're not getting paid for the one single they have been able to put out. We'll keep you posted. An interesting curveball in the bizarre EXO SM Entertainment versus BPM saga, where SM was accusing BPM of trying to poach EXO. All of a sudden, July 18th as well, it was a big drama day. Tencent Asia exclusively revealed a transcript they'd obtained that they thought was a bombshell proving MC Mon, head of BPM, was indeed trying to poach the group from SM. Long story short, SM was saying, hey, you tried to poach the group. BPM basically got them to admit, okay, that was just us acting on a false tip that we should not have believed hook, line, and sinker. You actually weren't being a nefarious force influencing the group's business choices. We should have believed you when you said you were just talking to them as music industry colleagues. So SM put forth the accusation, retracted it. Now, this transcript was allegedly proof, hey, wait a second, they were right to be suspicious of this guy that MC Mon really did try to take the group. The transcript does include a line about trying to quote get Kai and Baekhyun unquote. However, some parts of the transcript should be taken with a grain of salt. First of all because it's out of context. This conversation, this phone recording, took place January 2022. So maybe he did try to take Kai and Baekhyun under his wing, under his own company back then, but that is not necessarily proof to support SM's current claims about a more recent attempt to poach the whole group. So it's pretty easy in court if they want to argue that shouldn't even be admissible. It's irrelevant to the current claim. It could show a pattern of behavior, they could argue, but... 
that might be hard to do. Another thing is the fact this was an exclusive, a big gotcha kind of story. You just always want to take those with a grain of salt, especially with the transcript being from a seemingly separate incident. It's not like a transcript from a conversation he had this year with them, which he claims were just friendly conversations, just advice for fellow music industry people. If there was a transcript of a really recent talk that he specifically said, yeah, that talk was just friendly, not business, related and the transcripts showed otherwise, that would be more of a smoking gun to me. MC Mon's attorney issued a statement the next day saying, quote, the voice recording was made by skillfully cropping MC Mon's voice from a conversation lasting over two hours. The mention of Exo's Kai and Baekhyun lasted only about a minute, unquote. He also said maybe there's additional legal trouble too now because they are forwarding to prosecution a request to reprimand them for illegally recording that call. It's interesting wording when MC Mon's lawyer statement said that he was offering advice after he, quote, found out the EXO members had dreams of becoming independent and self-sustaining producers, unquote. He would know what it's like to start your own company, really. And it sounds like some XO members have desires to do that, too. I found that a very interesting anecdote. So the short version is just that there was this big story. Oh my gosh, look at this proof that MC Mon was trying to poach the group. Then the legal response was like, that doesn't prove anything. It's irrelevant. It's being used to spin a narrative. As of now, it still sounds pretty relatively good and calm between the parties, at least EXO and SM, back on good terms. Now, tensions are going to go up again if indeed the prosecution decides to really crack down on whoever illegally recorded that conversation. We'll keep you posted. Speaking of former SM artists, we're not going to talk about specifics about what he was found guilty of, so you don't have to worry about a trigger warning here. This awful person found guilty, Chris Wu, he is trying to appeal his sentence. He got 13 years and also had to pay a huge fine separately for tax evasion of 84 million USD. So back in November 2022, he was sentenced. A Beijing Intermediate People's Court announced that a ruling on whether or not his request for an appeal will be granted, that'll come at a later unspecified date. But they did make that public that it's on the way while reiterating to the Canadian Embassy, yeah, we're going to abide by his legal rights along the way. For the record, saying, hey, we're telling you this update about the status, there's a potential appeal, we're making sure it's on the record, we have not violated any of his rights during this process, because if they did, that could void whatever decision they make. Former K-pop star Steve Yu, aka Yu Sun Jun, popular in the 90s and early aughts, he won on an appeal. He was barred from South Korea for quite a long time, but now he is welcome back, although welcome might be a strong word. Back in 2002, he was barred from visiting South Korea because he officially renounced his Korean citizenship to basically dodge mandatory military service. He got out of military service by renouncing his citizenship, and therefore he was banned from getting the visa he had applied for. He sued in 2015. The Supreme Court sort of ruled in his favor in 2020, but just because they cited procedural flaws with the initial denial. So it wasn't so much an ethics call as it was a procedural one. So it just gave him the right to appeal, not necessarily saying he was in the right, morally or not. 
So he went forward with that appeal. It was rejected at first, but now in the newest ruling, also in mid-July, because it's drama-filled July, I guess, he got his visa approval. Basically, the new argument was just, does this person pose a security threat if they visited our country? They determined no, so they're just going to let him have it. Even more crimes to discuss. The International Business Times has reported on this man who pretended to be a BTS member basically also kind of posing as a producer. It sounds like he pretended to be a BTS member, but the headlines imply he was just trying to act like a producer on the staff. Either way, he wanted to be seen as an employee with Big Hit Music, and so he was messaging people at Big Hit, like, hey, I need access to this and that file, and he was successful at getting unreleased music and private schedules. This was back in February 2022. Between February and May of 2022, so just over four months, through Kaiko Talk and Instagram, this poser leaked this personal schedule and music info 47 times to his social media circle. This is really something. His lawyer cites his awkwardness socially, like how he struggled to make offline friends, so he really wanted to win this online popularity contest of sorts. He wanted to be a cool kid, impress his buds, so he did this because he doesn't understand offline friendships, what's acceptable, what's not. Look, as an autistic person, I'm the last person to judge people based on social awkwardness, not picking up on social cues, etc. However, They're not saying he's autistic, that's just, it made me think of myself. Anyway, however, that was still a crime what he did, and that excuse just does not fly. Two things can be true, he could be socially awkward, and that should be forgiven, and he could have done something terrible and illegal, those are separate things. His lawyer also said he did it just out of jealousy, because a friend in the industry was really making it big, and he wasn't. And, quote, out of curiosity, so he committed crimes 47 times, if you just count the leaks, not the false attainment, or false pretenses, rather. He did this out of social awkwardness, jealousy, and curiosity. But Big Hit actually has expressed a desire to not pursue the toughest charges. So the judge noted upon the sentencing decision what the charges were and the reason they wouldn't be more was per Big Hit's request. So July 17th, because I guess everything happened, July 17th and 18th, this man was sentenced to 14 months in prison, 240 hours of community service, and 40 hours of mental health classes. 14 months, all those hours of service and treatment for 47 weeks. What do you guys think? Fair, not fair? Speaking of BTS, moving on to topic two, no more court cases today. But let's talk about politics for a minute. I promise I'll keep it interesting. I always find it interesting, but I get how some people don't. Anyway, this genuinely will interest you, I know it. A Mexican presidential contender for next year, Marcelo Ebrand, made bringing BTS to Mexico part of his campaign platform. He argued he could basically try everything to make sure they come to Mexico while holding up a BTS poster, and he posted this video with him holding the poster talking about this while he was at this animation fest. A clear attempt to woo young voters. He is 63 years old. But he does sound like a genuine fan of K-pop. He went to a Blackpink concert just this spring. 
I must admit, this policy position is enticing. It's not the full reason I'd vote for someone, but you can't deny. Maybe it's less silly of an idea for a platform than you thought. At least it's not a harmful one. So if an election turns lesser of the two evils like, I'm more inclined to go with the K-pop fan. Number three, Blackpink updates. First of all, as of recording time, all the contract negotiation talk has remained not worth reporting on to me just because it's just, yeah, still undetermined. Everything's just speculation about the details. I would not be surprised if the group does not re-sign. I would also not be surprised if they stayed, though, because I have a feeling, although YG Entertainment has not been exactly generous with the amount of music they've been able to release, and the tour schedule has been non-stop, I have a feeling they will really pony up some dough to keep them. They really, really might end up in like a bidding war. The group might end up almost with a new company, but YG last minute gives them the world of money and promises. I can picture YG suddenly being super nice to them, throwing out all the stops to keep them, and maybe it'll work. So don't rule out the group signing again with them. But of course, I also think it's unsurprising if they leave too. Meanwhile, they continue to just take over. Do-do-do-do is the first K-pop video to surpass 2.1 billion with a B views. They're the first act in history to headline two consecutive sold-out shows at a Vietnam stadium. They surpassed 90 million subscribers on YouTube. They're the eighth female act and the first female group to ever headline a sold-out show at this famous stadium in France. Plus, they are promoting their new Starbucks collab with the pop-up in New York, August 9th through 12th. That'll feature exclusive merch from Japanese graphic designer Verdi. You know, it's a missed opportunity that Blackpink haven't done any Barbie movie promo with pink merch. Just throwing that out there. Oh my gosh, there needs to be a dubbing of a Barbie soundtrack song with the ice cream music video set. Next topic, current marketing and sales trends around the world when it comes to K-pop. I will link to the full Luminate reporting in my newsletter, but for now I just want to say some of the most interesting anecdotes include the fact that in mid-July, again when everything seemed to happen, the U.S. surpassed China to officially become the second biggest K-pop market in the world. The interesting data dump of mid-July is actually routine. It's not just because it's the the breaking news month of summer, I guess. But, you know, it's the halfway point of the year. So all this financial info is out for each one, the first half of the year. It's really interesting. The exports for 2023 so far to the U.S. of K-pop stuff is up 17.1%. And just in terms of sheer revenue, it's at an all-time high of well over the value of 132.9 million USD. Also currently, the third highest streaming share in the U.S. is thanks to Korean language content. So it is making bank in the U.S. The top 10 K-pop importers as of recording time in H1 of the year, Japan takes number one with $48.5 million worth, and the U.S. is second, quite far behind, $25.5 million, surpassing China now, which had $22.64 million. In fourth place is Germany, then Taiwan, Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Canada, the U.K., and 10th place, France. Next big topic, J-pop star Shinjiro Ate has come out as gay. This is really big and historic, 
and very unpopular to do this. And the way he did it is really, really brave. During a Tokyo fan meeting, so in front of 2,000 people, he opened up about his journey towards self-acceptance. Really happy for him. Always I'm going to be an ally. So when these stories happen, you know I'm going to talk about them. And also spread the word that a portion of the proceeds from Into the Light, his new song will go to Pride House Tokyo and Rebit, which is another resource center for LGBTQ plus people in Japan. He also announced at this fan meeting that he's working on a documentary about his life with acclaimed producers Peter Farley and Fisher Stevens. The documentary will also be directed by two longtime friends and may go into more of his personal story. Really happy for him, really wishing him the best, glad he could get that out there, felt good enough to Interesting background context, because it's been quite an interesting historic past couple of years with equality progress in Asia. And Japan is the only G7 country, the G7 member, without same-sex unions legally protected. But they've made strides toward equality. They made it easier to marry someone of the same sex in December 2021. The new system didn't technically legalize it, but made it much easier, at least in Tokyo, to get married. Then, in spring of 22, South Korea reversed a previous verdict, which, long story short, had banned consensual same-sex activity that is now not banned. They reversed a ban. The end of May this year, a Japanese court ruled an anti-gay marriage policy is unconstitutional. And, just last month, they ruled that it is illegal to restrict what bathroom trans employees use. Interesting to me, and maybe not related, but just my potential hypothesis, this is the summer also, the same time-ish, when defense chiefs have been meeting between the U.S., South Korea, and Japan. Not just about the planned Fukushima wastewater dump and other global concerns of late, but they've also really seemed to meet because of North Korea and missile launch threats. If you want to be cynical, just say it's the enemy of the enemies, my friend. A rosier view is that as the U.S., South Korea, and Japan stay on relatively good terms in the face of common foes, I guess you could say, they are more legislatively prone to influence each other and be on the same page, stay on the same page, stay motivated to be on the same page. So you never know, maybe there's some good urging by the U.S. and South Korea to get Japan to stop being the only G7 member country without a same-sex union officially legally protected. The trilateral relationship here I just find super interesting. But enough K-pod save the world for today. Just hoping that in the future, more and more, it becomes easier for people to feel free to speak their truth in Japan. That's my point. That this is a good, bright moment. Now for a quick rapid-fire round of just more updates in the world of K-pop. Chu now has her solo fandom name. It's the KKOTI. It's the Finnish word for home. KKUKA means flower, flower in Finnish. So home, flower, terms for protecting a new root that's sprouting up for a new beginning, basically. The latest to catch COVID, Natty, Yerenbeck, and Hyojen from Oh My Girl. On a health-related hiatus right now, Zero Base One member Kim Guvin and Rocking Doll members Jury and Rena. The Blue Dragon Series Awards held their second ceremony and gave out a day saying for the first time to Son Hekyu, which I love. 
Other winners included Park Ji-hoon, Suzy, Cha Eun-woo, and DKZ's Jae-chan, plus Yua from Girls' Generation, once again hosted. 17 updates, Rock With You surpassed 100 million views, Vernon's new collab with Sick Boy is so dope, and the video is both old school and feels new again. To bring back that almost claymation PlayStation 2 game aesthetic, it's quite a throwback, but also new. I don't know. It's really a clever idea for a video, for a great song too. Super surpassed 100 million views, and June's new show premiered, called Exclusive Fairy Tale. Same month of his song Psycho coming out. What a range. Juhani just enlisted, Kihyun is about to from Monster X as well, and Jun Soon Hwan. Some agency updates. JB has left CD and ZA Records. Some Super Junior members left SM, but confirmed they're staying in the group, Donhae, Eunhyuk, and Kyuhyun. And Alex left both the group, Drippin, and Willem Entertainment, period. Upcoming concert films, two marker calendars for Mamamoo's My Khan, the world tour stop in Seoul, coming to a theater near you August 9th and 12th. Visit Mamamoo Movie, which is very fun to say, dot com. I just added the fun to say part. Anyway, Mamamoo Movie dot com for info. Then go to Kane Daniel My Parade dot com for info about Kane Daniel's My Parade concert movie. That will be out in theaters only two dates, September 2nd and August 30th. G-Idol member Mian now reps Jimmy Choo globally. V is the new face of Cartier. Zero Base One now rep cosmetics brand Bring Green. Jay Park reps JBL. Dahyun from Twice reps Michael Kors. Hyunjin from Stray Kids is a Versace global ambassador. Mayu joined the group Triple S. She's a new Japanese member. Jinha left Tribe. Hanyul left the group Saturday. Only one of, finally have a light stick design. Some MC switch-ups with Inkigayo. Hyunwan from Monsta X and Kim Ji-un are reportedly stepping down, with Hyunjun set to return to host, with Boy Next Door member Woon Hak and Park Ji-hoo. BTS are now New York Times number one best-selling authors. Shameless plug, don't forget. My BTS book recap is out now. It's a two-part episode called BTS Book Recap. Meanwhile, their song with Coldplay is certified diamond in France. New jeans keep racking up so many records. Get Up surpassed 1.65 million copies in week one, over a million just in day one. They also got the second highest first day sales of an album in girl group K-pop history. They just surpassed 400 million streams on Ditto and 2 billion with a B cumulative Spotify streams. Congrats to Chun Ha, who finally joined the 100 million views club for the first time with Gotta Go. Congrats to Taeyeon, who now has 4 million TikTok followers. The new SM Entertainment boy group, Rise, R-I-I-Z-E, is set to debut this September and just launched social media channels. NCT Lab, the special project, the SM station of NCT basically, now officially has its own Instagram account too. Lastly, this is just as of recording time, you know things are super subject to change with Musk running Twitter, but as of today, it's called X, and there are only two ways I insist on interpreting it. One is that it's a Monster X tribute thing, especially for the song called X they have. Two is the fact it's a tribute to X Japan, a Japanese group, and that is where he is in trouble. 
because amid many potential copyright lawsuits, look at the full circle moment. Now we're talking about court cases again. I mean, X is a part of trademarks for so many companies. And just one entity that ought to sue for copyright is the band X Japan because they have a trademark on that name and Twitter in Japan is really big and it's called Twitter Japan. Like it's its own thing. So if he changes it from Twitter Japan to X Japan, that is the band name. He better not have the audacity to say, give up your band name and I'll give you merch or something weak like that for compensation. Not a fan of this, but I'm not actually surprised he brought this up. This branding is X, as bad as I think it is, honestly. Another shameless plug, because why not? In a past episode of Enthusiast, I dug into Musk's whole backstory that explains why he is the way he is, why he makes these business decisions that don't seem smart, and what he's thinking. So this is no surprise to me. It's disappointing, but not surprising. Two action items slash PSAs for you before you go. One is I will continue to really beat the drum about how much it's important to just read. I love reading so much and banning books is just so infuriating to me and close-minded and just, ugh, it's terrible. So continuing the trend of telling you how to fight back if you're in the U.S., and you see this trend of banning stuff, support the group Little Free Library, who's doing a ton especially in Florida. Check out Angela Natividad's PSA about it with the headline, Little Free Library is Disseminating Banned Books in Florida. The Unbanned Book Club has begun. I also want to let you know, in emergencies, when you can't get full Wi-Fi connectivity to happen, there is a new version of how to get weather and news alerts, because Twitter is not exactly as reliable for disasters as it used to be. So you can download what's called NBC News Lite, L-I-T-E dot NBC News dot com. It's a lower power version of the site, so it just gets to the basics so you can get weather alert updates and things like that. If you know a storm is coming or something... The power might get knocked out in certain places, but that should hold more than the apps that just totally stop working. So hopefully that is a big game changer. Those are your PSAs today. Continue to support reading and looking out for each other. And thank you all again for listening. I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.